0: the sound of my voice, I want you to know that I'm doing this, telling your story, because the world needs to know what you've done, and because I want you to know that you haven't been forgotten. So, my name is Eric, and um, I want to tell you about Naoi, my best friend. She disappeared two years ago, and I've looked... Everywhere, but nothing. Maybe you've seen her. Five foot one, 105 pounds, with a shock of woolly hair that bounces and sways as she moves. She's a warrior that defended this world against a god. But now she's gone. It all began ten years ago, the night before our first day of high school, freshman year. That should have been what I was excited about, high school for the first time, but it wasn't. Since we were little and I discovered that Naoi was training to be a warrior, I'd been bugging her to train me as a warrior. The summer we turned seven, side note, my birthday's in August and hers is in September, making me a month older and wiser. She finally gave in and said she trained me once she was fully trained. Well, seven summers after making that promise, she finally passed all her tests. But it wasn't easy. See, now he's half-human and the Lightning Tribe is basically made up of superhumans. You know the type. Super strong, practically invulnerable. So she had to work Ten times harder than the others. And Naoi being Naoi, that's exactly what she did. According to my flight tracking app, Air Stalker, she'd landed at 4 p.m. and 25 seconds. Side note, the app doesn't show milliseconds, something I've already complained to the developer about. I gave her an hour to rest, plenty of time. After a seventeen and a half hour flight, then I called her right up, after a couple of voicemails. Hey, Nowy. Me again. Still asleep? I know it was a long flight, but this can't wait. It's just too important. This natural warrior is ready to begin his training. Old blanket-faced grizzly woman finally answered. Grizzly because of the snore, of course, and blanket face because now he didn't even bother to pull the covers off her head when she answered. Can you believe that? So, okay. Was it true that there was a slight time difference between New Nubia, where she'd been training in Sudan, Africa, and California? True. But as I said before, this simply couldn't wait. Your best friend. She slowly removed the blanket from her head. Ah, that face, spittle running down the corner of her mouth, eyes half open and encrusted with sleep. Gotta love video chat. Then she said. Naima, does my best friend understand that my body thinks it's 2 a.m. in the morning? I couldn't see her in that moment, but I imagined that Naima. The cheetah glanced up at Naoi lazily from her pyramid-shaped cheetah house across from Naoi's bed and fell right back to sleep. First time I'd seen Naoi's cheetah, I noticed that she had a gut. I mean, aren't they supposed to be the fastest land animals on the planet? Yeah, right. I'd only ever seen Naima, up to that point, lying around. Anyway. I propped my phone up, took a few steps back so she could take in my full 5'4", 120-pound magnificent rock-hard machine of a body in full frame, then struck my best ready-to-start warrior training pose and simply said, Let's do this. She just stared at me as if she had no idea what I was talking about. Could she have forgotten? No. No. Not possible. She was still sleepy, that's all. I'd been practicing while she was gone, preparing for this moment. I needed to show her how far I'd come on my own, so I threw a couple of faster than you could blink punches and... um, somehow, I'm not exactly sure how, I tripped over my own feet and blacked out. Maybe I knocked myself out cold, actually. But then, through the speaker of the phone, I could hear the wind. Nothing strange about the wind, right? But for some reason, that sound turned my insides so cold that I could feel the chill through my nostrils with each breath. And my naui, when she heard it, her expression flipped like a light switch. She went from no gas in the tank to wide, wide, wide awake. Before I could open my mouth, she ran to the window and saw the street lights and stars disappear outside. They were blocked out by a storm of black sand swirling around the house. Now I knew this could only mean one thing. In what was now a sea of darkness, with the glow from her phone as the only source of light, she whipped past the phone's camera. I blurted out, what's wrong? What's happening? As she flipped open a mahogany jewelry box. Aja, Naoi's weapon, was tucked neatly inside. First time I saw it, I just stared. This was the amazing weapon that she talked about finally earning after years of training. This... twig? (laughs) Yeah, you heard me right. Aja was a twig, at least in that particular form. Then she picked it up and said, Time to wake up, Aja, and whispered, (laughs) Awake! Strands of electricity arced through the twig and it expanded into a full-size wooden staff. It was smooth to the point of almost seeming fluid, and near the tip, etched into the wood, was a tiny bolt of lightning that glowed white-hot. Now he told me to sit tight, and I didn't argue with her. I tell you, there was something about that wind. I could be a warrior later. In that moment, It felt like every muscle in my body was frozen. Then she told Naima to stay, who I imagine, despite all of this, was still sleeping in total bliss and didn't even lift a paw. Then, Naoi carefully stepped out into a thick fog that filled the entire house. She began to inch her way down the steps. Could it actually be him? Could Commander Ock, right hand to Seth, god of war, and commander of Seth's army be here in her house? He hadn't been seen since the war, and that was a very long time ago. But this fog and that wind, during her training she'd learned that these were tactics he used to confuse the enemy. As she continued steadily downward. Her feet began to feel like bricks and her staff, which had always felt like a feather when she trained, now weighed heavily in her hand. The thoughts continued to swirl inside her head. Where was Auk exactly? Behind her? Despite their size, which was considerable. Soldiers moved with deafening silence, and she might not sense the commander's presence until it was too late. Or was he already closing in on Wusa, goddess of creation? Despite the thickness of the fog, now he could see her golden light emanating through the edges of the basement door in the distance. Auk had led Seth's army against the goddess to seize that light, which was the power of creation itself, but the Lightning Tribe defeated and imprisoned them all. Except for the commander. He escaped and disappeared. He'd been gone so long, in fact, that many in the tribe thought he'd died from the wounds he sustained during the war. She froze on the last step. Near the basement door, barely visible, was a shadowy figure. The figure was gripping an ancient wooden walking stick, gnarled, twisted, and ablaze with hieroglyphic symbols that covered every inch of it. The glow from that walking stick suddenly swelled, and the figure's face was visible through the fog. Chiseled cheekbones, fierce eyes, silver braids pulled back into a bun. The tribe called this woman Jima, and the first thing you need to know is that Jima does not stand for Grandma. Nope. Jima stands for Grand Master. As Jima searched the fog, she whispered, I've called Aja, and she's on her way. Now go back upstairs to your room and shut the door. But Naoi had already begun searching too, and the thing about Naoi is once she's focused, anything outside of that focus ceases to exist. Just over Jima's shoulder, Naoi caught a glimpse of something dark and massive forming. In the split second it took Jima to realize what was happening, Naoi charged toward the dark mass, Aja raised and ready for battle. The mass composed of black grains of sand, whirled like a powerful tornado, and through the churning darkness, now we glimpsed the form. Massive arms, thick as tree trunks, eyes that flared through the blackness like two miniature red suns, unblinking, cold and empty as space itself. This was Commander Ock. It all happened so fast. Jima jabbed her walking stick into the ground, igniting a wave of electrical energy that hurled Naoi into a couch. Winding flashes punched through the darkness, and Naoi glimpsed Jima spinning and whipping her walking stick, striking Auk with incredible speed. Each time she landed a blow, there was a burst of light. It was a lightning storm in the middle of Naoi's living room, and Naoi She kept trying to jump back into the fight, but somehow, despite her focus on Ak, Jima was able to push Naoi back at the last second, and through the flickering light, Naoi could see that Commander Ak was quickly gaining ground and closing in on the basement door. Exhausted, but stubborn as a bull, she pushed even harder to jump back in. If. Ak was able to get past Jima to the other side of that door. No, Usa had to be protected, but no matter how hard she tried, she couldn't get past Jima. Through the window, now we caught a glimpse of a lightning strike out of a clear night sky that lit up the street. A woman materialized and rushed out of that flash toward the house. She knew that this was Asha, the Seeker. And let me tell you, (laughs) if I didn't want to be a warrior so badly, I'd want her job in the tribe. Can't get much cooler than a bounty hunter that travels through lightning, and Ah was the fugitive that she'd been after for thousands of years. Asha's arrival might just distract G-Ma for a split second. That might be all that Naoi needed to get back into the fight. So she ran directly at Ok, got close enough to see the dark particles of sand he was made of, and a huge clump of that sand was suddenly ripped away and snatched into the air by an invisible force. Now he saw this at the last second and ducked. It whipped past her head and she saw it sucked into an ancient wooden jar ablaze with hieroglyphic symbols. Auk caught sight of this and suddenly blew apart scattering into a dark swarm of black sand, which blasted through the windows and doors. Within seconds, he vanished. Asha stood there, infuriated. So close. The fog quickly dissipated, and now he was lying flat on the ground, completely spent. Jima's eyes were squarely focused on the basement door. The glow was still intact. She carefully checked the area surrounding it. How close had Commander Ok gotten? That was the first question Asha asked Jima. Too close was her only response. Now, thankfully, Ok was gone, but maybe not completely. He could have left parts of himself behind, and those parts could be as tiny as a grain of sand. Asha the seeker extended her fist. A wooden ring, inscribed with tiny hieroglyphics, lit up on her finger and produced a brilliant flash. A very strange-looking dog materialized. Long, pointy ears, thin and narrow with eyes that glowed like the lightning symbol on Naui's staff. Asha kneeled down and leaned into the dog's ear, whispered, Anubis, find Ok. Anubis, the Pharaoh hound, began sniffing the floor. If Commander Ok had left any parts of himself behind, Anubis would be able to sniff them out. In theory, anyway. Once Naoi had caught her breath, she got right in Jima's face. The words tumbled out. All that training. Since she could barely walk, and for what? She could defend that house. Defend the goddess that the tribe was created to protect. She was a warrior. Asha watched all this as if it were a tension-filled scene in an action movie. The insanity of a 14-year-old girl, half-human, getting in the face of the greatest warrior to ever walk the earth was, well crazy, and she couldn't peel her eyes away. Then Safina the jailer strolled up. Naui always said that she seemed to appear out of nowhere, which was one of many things that creeped her out about the jailer. Safina watched over the prison cells of Seth and his army, and there was always a calm about her that made Naui uneasy. Jima motioned for Safina to give her a moment, and without ever making eye contact with Naui, said that she had endangered the house and the goddess, and that she wasn't, nor would she ever be, a warrior of the Lightning Tribe. Then Jima carried on with Asha and Safina as if Naui was no longer there. It felt like an ice pick in the gut for Naui. It was true that she wasn't officially a warrior, even though she'd trained and passed all the tests. She was half human after all, and this made her vulnerable. A warrior in the Lightning Tribe, according to Jima, didn't have the luxury of being vulnerable, ever. But because Naoi was born into the tribe, she could be a target for attack by Ok or a soldier that may have somehow escaped. If a member of the tribe couldn't get to her in time, the training might just save her life. At least that's how Jima saw it. Naoi quickly headed upstairs. She felt that if she hadn't separated herself from Jima at that second, that the fury inside her would have incinerated the house and everything in it. It had always been a complicated relationship between those two. Naoi's mother, once a decorated warrior of the tribe, had died and Jima had raised her. But as I said before, Jima doesn't stand for grandmother. Later that night. When she should have been in bed resting up for her first day of high school, she sat at the top of the steps, listening to Jima and the others. Naima the cheetah had laid her head on Naoi's lap, and I was still on the phone, barely awake, just sitting with her in silence. This first battle had been nothing like she thought it would be, and perhaps... The thought that she might not be strong or fast enough to be a warrior in the tribe swept through her mind like a powerful storm. Maybe Jima was right. Nawi overheard Jima order Asha to search the entrance to New Nubia, and for Zafina to recheck the prison for any signs of an escape attempt. This irritated Zafina because the prison. Forged by the hand of Wusa herself, made escape even by a god impossible. But this didn't matter to Jima. She'd learned early on to never underestimate a god. As Anubis continued to sniff around the basement door, now he thought she caught a glimpse of something crawling up a step. It was tiny like an insect perhaps a beetle or maybe now his exhausted eyes were playing a trick next week high school